0: To five three three four two. New York call the twenty four-seven Hope line at one eight seven seven eight hope and y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up the Same. I'm your host, Trevon Edwards, and I'm joined always by my co-host, Jason Madison. What's going on, Jason?
2: man. how you doing, sir?
1: I'm blessed, man, and grateful. And today we have a special guest, uh, Josh Childress. What's going on, man?
3: What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good.
2: Joshua Childress is an American former professional basketball player, an all League second team member in 2010. He played with the Atlanta Hawks, Phoenix Suns, Brooklyn Nets, and New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA, as well as the Greek Basketball League, and the Euro League. Josh, this is the one of the two. Are you ready?
3: I'm ready. That's good.
2: City of L.A. or City of Compton?
3: (laughs) City of Compton, man.
2: (laughs) Oakland or San Francisco? Oakland. Pizza My Heart or Pizza Hut? Pizza My Heart. Bill Gates or Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey? Oh, I go with Dorsey. Centennial or Dominguez? <laughs> Dominguez. Trey or Luca? Luca. Lonzo or Lamelo? Lamelo. The microwave or the oven? Oven. Sports car or SUV? Sports car. Atlanta or New Orleans? Atlanta. Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock?
3: Chappelle, all day.
2: Being hood or being rich? Being rich. Rock music or country music? <laughs> Country. Jay Z or Tupac? Tupac. Snoop or Biggie?
3: I'm a Biggie fan.
2: Lil Wayne or Kanye?
3: Are we talking like old uh, versions? (laughs) Yeah, either
2: old or new, whichever you
3: want. Old versions, I, I rock with Kanye.
2: Living in a dorm or living with your parents? Dorm. Beamer or bands? Vance. Hulk Hogan or Brett the Hitman Hart? Damn.
3: Uh, Hitman.
2: Jordan 1 or Dunks? Jordan 1. Supreme SBs or Tiffany SBs?
3: Tiffany SBs.
2: Iverson Reebok or Kobe Adidas? Iverson Reebok. Griffey or Dion. Dion. Bo Jackson or Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice. Will Smith or Jamie Foxx?
3: Jamie, uh, oh no, Will Smith.
2: Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler?
3: Adam Sandler, because he likes to hoop.
2: Frosted Flakes or Cheerios? Frosted Flakes. Surf or Turf? Turf. Jeopardy or Legends of the Hidden Temple? Jeopardy. Soul Food or This Christmas? (laughs) Soul Food. Elf or The Grinch? Elf. Vegas Vacation or Christmas Vacation? Say what? Vegas vacation, the movie, or Christmas vacation?
3: Oh, shoot. Vegas vacation.
2: Kazam or Uncle Drew? Uncle Drew. <laughs> little Penny or Grandma Ma?
3: Ooh, Little Penny all day.
2: Personal accolades or team awards?
3: Uh, team awards.
2: Hanging out with rappers or athletes? Athletes. Young Thug or Travis Scott? Travis Scott. (laughs) Club night in Atlanta or Airbnb house party in L.A.? House party. Beach house or house in the hills? House in the hills. Respect and longevity or money and fame?
3: Respect and longevity.
2: Cancel student loan debt or release all nonviolent offenders?
3: That's a good one. Um, Release all nonviolent offenders.
2: Stock market or cryptocurrency?
3: Damn. Both are hidden right now, too. (laughs) I say stock market.
2: Europe or Australia? Australia. Finishing a good book or finding a good restaurant?
3: Good restaurant all day.
2: Changing someone's life or bettering yourself? Changing someone's life. Morning person or night person? Night person. Your 20s or your 30s? Damn. 30s. And the last one, what do you 20s think? 20s was fun, about?
3: dog. I can't, I can't lie. But.
2: <laughs> Uh, what what do you think is more important, housing or education?
3: Uh, I'd say housing. Um, but I mean education could lead to housing. So it's kind of a tough one. But um I mean, it, it reminds me of that Kanye skit where you talk about, you know, you can't you can't pass his degrees down to his son or to his kid. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> So in that, in that regard I say how it.
2: Yeah, for sure. That was the one of the two. And interestingly enough, I picked that skit for <laughs> <hour>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those
1: are some good ones. Those are some really good ones. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the goat at this or that. <laughs> I think I think people should pay him for that. So <laughs> oh. um so uh we discussed some topics and I have some here. I'm gonna random, randomize them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the importance of reading to young Josh?
3: Importance of reading is,
1: is of the utmost
3: importance um, really because you know, it educates your mind, it stimulates your mind, but it also allows you to experience things that you necessarily won't experience in real life, right? And so when you think about from a, chil- a children's perspective, providing opportunities for them to be creative, be imaginative, see themselves in a character, um, you know, that they don't necessarily see on TV or otherwise, um, you know, reading is, is super important in, in kind of cultivating that mentality. So, um, you know, there was something that was important to me as a kid, uh, and, you know, was a foundation for my life, you know, moving forward. Um, so I, I think it's super important. What
1: book, uh, got you like, like pretty much made you fall in love with reading at an early age?
3: Oh, man, it's taking me back. Um, I think it was the books that we read in, in school, like Lord of the Flies, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, the one book that I remember, I drew a book report on an individual, so I had to read his book, and it, I can't remember the name of the book, but um, it was on Ben Carson, and he was the first – um, black that I'd seen, first black uh, neurosurgeon. And, you know, he'd become really famous for separating Siamese twins that were conjoined at the at their head. And that, for the next few years, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, right? And so that completely shifted my mentality towards, you know, my future, um, you know, based on seeing a person that looked like me, that was able to achieve, you know, such high accolades and, you know, and change lives. Um, and I'll remember the name of the book eventually, but, you know, that book. It's called Gifted Hands. uh, Yeah, Gifted Hands, yep. And that book was a catalyst for me to, you know, really want more for myself and not essentially be trapped in, you know, what I I see uh, around
1: me. Man, that representation matters, uh, especially in that situation. Now, since it's a book and you only had the cover and probably maybe a few images in there, um, ideally... Uh, what, what made you do a career shift or as far as not follow the path of a neurosurgeon after like moving forward, growing up as a teenager?
3: Yeah, I grew up be six, seven and it was, <laughs> you know, at that time I was, you know, I don't know, I was probably like five, eight or something. And, um, you know, you continue to grow you continue to grow in your body. Um, you know, you have a little success, uh, and, you know, you start to really come into your own as a person, understand your likes and dislikes. Um, and, you know, that was a big part of it, um, you know, because then from there I shifted to wanting to be a forensic scientist. I saw a movie that I really loved um, and, you know, and then that progressed into, into the hoop stuff.
2: I would have that, that Ben Carson would have came the coon that he is today. <laughs> oh, <Dog. laughs>
3: I'm, I'm so disappointed,
2: but nah, I, I remember I read that book too, like back in the day and i was like oh shit like like you said like damn i could become a neuroscientist or something like yeah what was the movie that you saw that made you want to get into forensics
3: uh bone collector i thought that was yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> i was
2: gonna guess it i love that movie yeah, yeah. great uh, movie that plays what lincoln something uh is his name but yeah, yeah him and angelina jolie and i just rewatched it and I forgot that Queen Latifah was his nurse in the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this movie had a gang of people in it.
3: Yep, Yeah. I saw I, that and I was like, man, this is dope. You know, and then I obviously since then, all the CSI and, you know, all those shows, you know, are, are really cool. But um, I, I really, I took that on and, and thought that it was just cool that he could, you know, kind of retrace steps, you know, and utilize his mind to solve, you know, solve crimes and, and help people. So.
1: Man, y'all gonna make me go watch that. It's been a long time. Long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. I ain't seen that movie in a long time. I'm not even gonna lie to you.
2: It's like it's on par with like seven or any of those, like psych or even like silence of the lambs. Okay, it's not that good, but like it's up there and it's Denzel, man. Yeah, it's
1: respectable. It's one of his good works. I mean, that you know, with him with Josh wanting to be, you know, forensic scientist and uh you know neurosurgeon, I think back to like me wanting to be an architecture, right? Yeah, but, architecture. Then, but the thing was, because I was building crazy Legos yeah. and I didn't even know the difference. The crazy thing about it, I was mixing up, I was so young in age, probably like six or seven, I was mixing up artists and architecture. So like a lot of people would ask me what I wanted to be. I was like, I want to be an artist. And they're like, well, you know, artists don't get paid that much. And this is when they were telling me that. So it was like super discouraging, like I was wasting my time or something. So, like, I'm building all these, like, different buildings. I remember I built, the, I built the Compton Courthouse building, but I didn't have it. It wasn't all white. It wasn't anything like that. I just built it up. And then when I started going to Compton and I got a chance to look at it and how it was designed, and I remember they took us to a field trip, dude. At Compton High, took us a field trip to the Courthouse building. And I'm like, yo, how many stories is this? They're like, it's 10. And I noticed that it was the tallest building in our city. Which, you know, most people go to court there or, you know, it's just a bunch of stuff that's going on there. So, you know, after finding that out um, and then finding sports, you know, that was just a different segue into life. Just kind of, um, you know, shifting my path of what career I wanted to actually do, because we ask as kids, you know, you constantly change. And Josh mentioned that, you know, there was two that probably was like not the normal for a kid in Compton, you know what I mean? You say like, oh, I want to be, somebody, your homie across the street probably gonna be like, what is that? Or you can't be that. You know what I mean? Cause ideally we don't see that every day, you know? Um, so I know before we get to the basketball part, uh, tell us about video games. What was your connection with video games?
3: Man, I used to, I mean, we used to just have epic Mario Kart battles. Like, for extended periods of time, and then you know, I you remember at an early age, watching my older brothers play video games, and you know, back when it was like Contra, and uh, you know, Mike Tyson Punch Out, and we just sit there just hoping they would, you know, beat Ball Bull and Mike Tyson, and it was just, you know, just fond memories, you know, and that's obviously, you know, continued throughout my adulthood. I mean, I still play, you know, video games here and there, and you know, get on Call of Duty when I can when I got a little time. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's a way to, to, you know, spend constructive time just doing something that you enjoy, you know, and and I've always felt that way. Obviously there's, there's a balance that needs to be had, but um, you know, it's just something that brings me enjoyment. Uh, and I appreciate um, you know, the, the community that it builds. I remember when I first got drafted um, you know, we had like a cool little, you know, draft party or whatever. And then, get back, get back home to Cali. And we had like an eight person Halo tournament. And it was just one of those things like, man, I can't wait. You know, I can get, was this to- Halo one? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Halo One's is the I just, I literally brought up Halo one. Um, that was like one of the craziest games, dude. Like probably after Halo two, I tapped out Yeah. because it just got, you know, you just had too much access to driving the rovers, to doing all this other stuff to, you know different things, but Halo One, man, oh my God, that controller was huge. But like the <laughs> impact it had, man, like playing four players with the homies, like just being able to you know throw the throw the bomb and stick on them.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. hey, it was no better <laughs> feeling
1: than that, man. Like for real. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you got a chance to be the cover the cover boy of NCA Two K Five. What was that like?
3: It was dope. Um, You know, I never played. Um, the, that series mm-hmm. before the game, uh, but you know, to, to go from Stanford to then, you know, I'm doing this photo shoot. We I pull up, and Ben Wallace was the, the the cover athlete for the NBA version, and so you know, we pull up to the spot at the same time. We do our motion capture stuff, you know, and all that. And it was just it was like my first foray into the league, right? You know, Ben pulls up in his limo. I I don't know. I don't. care remember what I put up in, but you know, here's this. Here's Ben. And we you know, we both got the fro rocking it and, and you know, just in there doing our thing. So it was a it was a cool feeling. And then now, you know, to, to have copies of that, I can show my kids, um, you know, it's just dope. It was
2: dope. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, you know, you were definitely famous for your hair as was Ben. Yeah. Like, what what made you keep it for so long? I mean, like just adopt that hairstyle.
3: Yeah. So I grew my hair out. Um so, you, I don't know if you remember Jamal Sampson. Jamal Sampson, yeah. yeah. Modern day. And so, you know, we all grew our hair all together. Um, and it was just like, this is our thing. You know, we played on the same AU team. You know, we were all talking about going to the same school. Um, you know, and it was just kind of like package deal that we were trying to put together. Me, Sam, Sid, and Tyson. Tyson ended up going into the league, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, we just kind of went into college. Sam ended up getting his braided, Said eventually cut his, but it just kind of became a part of me. It became my identity, a part of my identity, rather. Uh, and I just I just rolled with it, kept it. I always had, um, you know, bigger ears. So I was like, all right, this is a cool way for me to cover the ears. Um, and, yeah, I just kept it for, for years, man. then eventually it just got to the point where I was like, all
1: right, it's, it's time. I never knew the backstory on that. And I literally I'm glad Jason asked that because that was going to be one of my questions. Um, I remember, you know, seeing you with the fro. All right. As a SoCal kid and basketball player. And I would say you and Wesley Stokes were one of the like two of the influential players with the afro like obviously Wes is used to just drape down it got to a point where it was almost lion mane, you know and it would bounce you know and and yours was like picked really neatly and you know it got like you shaped it all real nice and uh you know i would see you you know as as a ninth grader you know in the press telegram you know dribbling in the latest shoes just in the mayfair jersey uh for my listeners who don't know uh mayfair is uh Located in Lakewood, California. Um, For the younger listeners, uh, Josh Christopher went there. But before Josh Christopher, there was a Josh Truders. And uh, how do you say Edwin last name? Drawn. Drawn. Okay. Edwin Drawn. Yeah. And you guys, uh, well, Edwin went to Ivy League, right? He went to Princeton? Uh, Edwin went to Yale. Yale. Okay. Yep. And that was those those, you know, what I mean Stanford and Stanford and Yale, that was a big deal, man. Like, especially I think that was the representation for me that like although you guys were, you know, highly toted, recruited guys, you know, and, and hooped and looked cool out there, you guys still chose like higher education schools, you know. Um, what made you choose Stanford?
3: Yeah, so backstory on how me and Ed, you know we competed at everything we were you know and we'd be at his house after school we'd be playing 007 you know go back to video games right that's a great Uh, game yeah great game um but we we competed at everything and so that carried over into the classroom so you know we making sure that you know we're trying to get the best grades possible and go on that route and that really kind of drove us to be our better selves you know in the classroom um and i ended up choosing stanford really because it was just the best best fit for me you know i I would say at at one point I was leaning towards Carolina. Um, They had a coaching change, uh, and then they signed – the other kind of top small forward in the the country at the time was uh, Jawad Williams. So I ended up signing Jawad, um, so that took them off the table. And then it was like, all right, well, it's Kansas, uh, Stanford, uh, Arizona, and, you know, maybe UCLA. So I went through all that, and I was like, all right, where can I go? I can grow and develop as a player. I feel like I, I fit in from the, the cultural, uh, the culture of the school, you know, and I can kind of just grow as a person. And I kind of did that analysis, um, you know, individually, and felt like Stanford was the best spot uh, for that. And so that was the biggest, the biggest factor. The hoop stuff would take care of itself, but you know, where can I cultivate and grow as a person and set myself up, you know, to be a better man? Yeah.
2: How, did, how did you like living in in Palo Alto as opposed to? you know, being in L.A. because I went to Stanford for like a few weeks when I was like younger, a part of this program. And it was like a real eye opening experience for me because I, I was like at the time I was living with my grandmother in Compton. So I kind of had like a very short term like experience, kind of how you did when I was younger. And it was it was like really dope. Like I had never seen the trees and all that. And they got the black squirrels and all this stuff. Yeah. Like how mm-hmm. was that
3: the it was dope because it was different than what I was used to, but, you know, you just step on campus and you just feel opportunity. Right. And it just, you just, it just, it's alive on campus. There's a sense of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, you could be sitting in class next to, you know, the, the, the king of England's son and you wouldn't know it. And you could, you know, you got this Google president's kid here. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, now since I've, you know, gotten older, you know, I, I'll talk to somebody who's a super successful business person. And, um, you know, they were just the fans in the in the arena back in the, you know, in the stadium back in the day. And like, that's what that place is. It's just a special place. And, um, you know, so it was definitely a culture shock. I'm coming on campus and freaking 5X tall, Sean John, you know, sweatsuits. And, you know, I'm bringing my Air Force Ones out and all this. And, you know, everybody's in. Birkenstocks and, you know,
2: like yeah, cargo were, shorts. Were you the only person who looked like you, like clothing-wise and all that coming, like up there?
3: I mean, I had a couple of teammates, uh, football players, obviously. Uh, and then there's like, actually a couple other people from, from SoCal that went up. But, you know, we'd be in, a, in the the middle of the, the parties, dancing, and, you know, everybody's looking
1: around like, what is this?
3: What, what is this rhythm I see? Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yo, so you used to get, you know, in high school, you and a couple other players used to get sneakers early. Like I'm talking about almost the same timetable as pro players. And I I mentioned earlier uh, before we started recording that you had the cool gray 11s before they came out. It was only, only a few people that had those, but you had, (laughs) y'all had a bunch of shoes, honestly. Um, I know in college you wore more team shoes or less. Like I know you played in the Jordan eighteen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what made you go away from playing in more of the popular style shoe? Uh, our coaches. Coaches, okay. They didn't, yeah, they, so they, Montgomery they, wasn't really on that.
3: And even the Jordans I played in, I so I broke my foot um, that that season, like preseason, mm-hmm. and so Jordans um, have that that they're a little bit more firm. They have that plastic plate in them from when he broke his foot. Uh, and so that was my only way that I was able to get him to convince him to let me wear Jordans, but they were team shoe all the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, at high school, man, we, I was always a sneaker head and, you know, loved it. And um, I remember the first day I got those cool grades and I think I got them maybe like four months early. Oh no, no, it was, it, it was, no, of.
1: it was ridiculous. It came, out, of, right? it came out in March. You had them in October, dude. <laughs> Like <laughs> I remember, cause I remember the first time I didn't know how that really worked. Obviously, you know, y'all were SCA guys and, 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 different, you know, associations with the, with the brands. And when the brands would come, like, I remember being at Dominguez and watching Tyson get fly positive, uh, one, you know what I mean? Uh, it was some, like Vin, the vindicates, the Vin Bakers, like mm-hmm. just, just different shoes, with the colorways that you just don't see, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so for y'all to just even have, like, a Flyposit 2 with, like, cool – with a graphite colorway, just different stuff, you know, what was probably one of the – outside of the cool grays. what was one of the, also, like, coolest shoes that you received early?
3: Um, Another one, I think I received the, the Jordan 14s early,
1: I want to say. The candy cane, white, red? No, nah, the, the black the,
3: – the black toe.
1: Okay. Yeah, I
3: can't remember. I uh, had the sixteens early. See you I had the 16s
1: early the and, and I had uh the Olympic uh BB4 shocks. The nice. so when so when everybody had the white and reds, I had the white and navy. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that was cool. yeah. I got
2: I got two questions real quick. As as a non-hooper, I gotta ask you all this. So like for one, I didn't know the coaches decide what shoes y'all can wear. And then two. Like what is the setup? Because I used to like always be around a basketball team and it was like really good players, but what is the setup for y'all getting shoes in high school? Like, does somebody from Nike contact you? Like what how does that work?
1: I'll let yeah, Josh right. answer that one. Because <laughs> he got way <laughs> more shoes than me. I play for AU clubs, but he was a extremely better player than me. So go for it. <laughs> all right,
3: I'll answer that part first. So we were we were a Nike team. And so Nike provided us with gear and then, you know, we had a couple of tournaments up in Portland um, and, um, you know, would develop relationships with some of the sneaker guys up there. And so, you know, when they got stuff that they could send out early, they would send it to our team. You know, it's just kind of part of our, our team's package or whatever. Um, And it just so happened that they just sent us, sent us those. And like, I remember, I thought they were fake. I couldn't, like I've never seen this shoe before. Listen, what you date
1: you wore them before Mike. You don't even <laughs> understand that. You, I'm no bullshit. You wore them before Mike because we didn't really we knew that he was gonna be a wizard, but he wasn't wearing shit yet. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and y'all had them. So like me seeing, them, I was like, Oh my god, that that suede and then the patent leather, then yep. the white with the Come on, quit playing with me with the white laces. <laughs> and I tell you what, I wore them things
3: everywhere just to just to be, be like, where'd you get What are those? I never seen them." I mean, like every tournament, every anytime. So, I went to the so, my, question,
1: so my question, since you guys were since you were elite in this situation, were there ten, were there times where you hooped in them and then you wore them with gear?
3: Never hooped in them. Oh, never. so. Yeah. <laughs> <never. laughs> Every other instance I wore them, but never never touched because the-
1: I was I was the king of like I would get them. I would I got cool with most of the sneaker shops around. So mm-hmm. when I know we had a game, I was gonna debut it depends who we play. Like I was in a more league, so I'll be like, Oh, we about to play poly. I'm gonna play the I'm gonna wear the true blues before, or I'm gonna wear the cool gray nines or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it was. I remember breaking out olive nine and the ginger sixteens and they were like, "Oh, those are ugly." I took the strap off and hooped in them. Listen, everybody was looking to buy those, but um, I would clean them after the get like when I got home. I would get a toothbrush, soap, and water, clean them, and then wear them to school, as if I did <laughs> not hoop in those because I don't think I had. Well, my grandma just was not letting it fly for me to cop multiple pairs mm-hmm. just to have. Like, okay, you got to play a pair of the poop in. You got a pair today. I would wear as much as I possibly can with the outfits that I had. And then once I hooped in them, it was like, it's for the game. Go for it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mean, my my game was so, like, I cut so much. I was clumsy as hell. So, like, I knew that my shoes would be thrashed. So, I just always hooped in.
1: So, was that a reason for you to stay away from, like, special drops as a pro? Because I know only, I think – I was looking through Getty's images and I was talking to my soul collector buddies and nice fix guys and Nike talk people. I was like, yo, I got Josh Surges on. You know, any questions? And they're like, man, he ain't really hooping anything. And I remember Atlanta Hawks, Fire Red Fives. But anything else you were kind of wearing, like Harachi 2K five, you know, most of the most of the team, not the team rollout, but like the 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 the, the normal regular line that they would put out.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to be frank, they were just more comfortable.
1: Like, you know, and, and... It got to that point, too.
3: I, yeah, and I, I wore... I had foot problems. Uh, I can't remember which year it was. Maybe my third year. Um, and I started wearing Jordans again. And I was getting, like, you know, the, the, the fire the, the fire red threes and fives. And, um, you know, I started kind of bringing those out. But, you know, for the most part, I was like, I want something that's comfortable, that's responsive. Um, you know, the look is cool, but, you know, I'd rather... You know, I, I gotta take care of my feet. So um that was more of the reason than anything.
1: Yeah, I, I learned the hard way. I broke my foot. I used to switch a pair every game. And it got to a point I don't have no arch. Mm. So wearing a candy pack, Jordan two, to you know, wearing phone posit to switch into some else like, you know, constantly I, don't remember, I wore KD four. I was switching every day, like every game. And it was like, yo, my the middle of my foot feels weird. And mm-hmm. I found I had a like literally like a hairline crack straight across. Yeah. I was hooping on that. Like I was like, oh, my God, I got to stick to one pair of shoes. Yeah. Um, So you're you know, I mean, like m- most people dub you as one of the financial literate NBA players. What who taught you your financial literacy? And fear,
3: <laughs> basically.
1: I mean, because you see these documentaries, you say like, "Oh, I'm never going to do that when I get drafted." Um, you know, I personally don't know your like your backstory or like your you know, I, I play. I think I, I mean, you know, obviously he went to Stanford, but like sometimes that's you know, people still can go against it. Like, oh, he went to Duke, and still be like, oh, he ain't got no money now, you know. Um, yeah. in a situation because I got a chance to play with your younger brother uh, in, in, uh, high school, but yeah, Chris. And when I think about just in general, I I never really like guy on a personal level, with you like to know, like, Oh, well he buys a bunch of this. I knew about sneakers. Like you were really into sneakers, but like sneakers are only like a, really a portion of what guys spend, you know what I mean? When they first come into the league, like, and when you first got into the league, what was your approach as far as am I going to buy me something I've always wanted? Was I going to take care of my family? Um, or I'm going to just save this. And like Jason mentioned, you did go to Stanford, but like, did that really help the scenario or did your parents help you in the scenario for you to be like, all right, I ain't going to be doing this forever. I'm fortunate to make enough money. Now what?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, so I didn't grow up with much, right? And so you, you, you get drafted, and, of course, you know, you want to you buy stuff and take care of family and all. And I did that. You know, I, my first purchase, I bought a watch and then, you know, a car. And, you know, I did all those things. But my, I, I stepped into the, the game saying I have a goal. By the end of my first contract, you know, I want to, you know, have saved X amount of dollars and then kind of continue with that goal. And so that that was more my approach was like, you know, first year, can I save a million dollars? You know, next couple of years, can I save another X amount of dollars and then just kind of go that way um, from a financial literacy perspective? You know, I'm still learning every day. I, you know, there's a lot to learn. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the school system and the education system at large, like keeps us financially illiterate. Um, and I think that's on purpose, if I'm being frank. Uh, but It's really about, like, what do you as a person think is important? And, you know, can you figure out a way to to create a sustainable life for yourself where, you know, I'm not having to, I don't don't have to work now. Um, I work because I want to. But um, I think a lot of guys go in really trying to keep up with everybody else, not understanding, you know, taxes, not understanding, um, you know, that they are not invincible, you know contracts are massive right now you know these guys are making more money than a lot of you know these these max contracts now are dwarfing what you know they used to be but you know with that comes a lot of responsibility comes a lot of you know other things that i hope more some of these young guys are understanding they need to start educating themselves on and the league has changed like investing wasn't cool back then you know it was like you know can i can i pull up in the nicest whip with the you know, with the spinners on it and making them my is my chain the hardest. And, you know, it was like all these other kind of material things. Now it's like, you know, which investment am I in? You know, and, and that's become what's cool, which is dope. I'd love to see that. Uh, but, you know, that's the progression of the league. And so, um, you know, I just, I just set goals and, you know, tried to achieve those goals yearly. And, you know, thankfully, I was able to do that and walk away, you know, comfortably.
2: Was, was there a moment when you were playing in your playing career where either you or somebody you knew, you felt like, uh, maybe I went too big right there. And it kind of like, or, you know what I'm saying? Or man, he's kind of doing a lot like that. You were like, okay, let me. Reel this yeah. in
3: <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and myself, I mean, I've had some of those purchases, you know, where I was like, I didn't do that. Why did I buy that? Um, you know, but like I curved those and got back, got my head back on the track. Um, you know, but I had teammates who, you know, have, you know, are in financial turmoil and had financial issues. and Like you look at their behavior, you're like, yeah, I can see why, you know, you, you were, you know, at Magic City every Monday, um, you know, spending way more than you should have been spending and you were supporting, you know, groups of people that you shouldn't have been supporting. And like, it, it, it's, it's no different than most of the country, right? I mean. You know, you look at lottery winners, they do the same thing. You know, they just aren't financially literate and don't understand, um, you know, the power of the money they have. And, you know, people like things. Like our society is set up, you know, as a marketing machine, you know. And, and you know, you, look, you scroll down your Instagram feed and you're bombarded with, with ads now. Like it's just, it's inevitable. So it, then it becomes like a discipline, a discipline um, you know, thing. Like, can I stay disciplined? Can I stay focused on you know, the things that I, I know I either should buy or should invest in, um, because you know, our society is 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 money driven and marketing driven.
1: I mean, you hit it on a nail right there. I mean, discipline is the key to ma- like material possessions that you really want. You know what I mean? Like when you really say, Oh, I really want to do this, okay. How bad do you want it? You know, in that situation, because you can keep spending and never get to it, or you can be like and you see somebody like, oh, I remember they started saving three years ago and they actually bought it. It's just the discipline of what you really want. Now, I know that you've had your hands in so many different things, tech and businesses and buying this and investing in certain things. Now you're in real estate. How did you get there? I got there
3: through my scholarship. Builder, Stanford. He's a real estate beast. Um, you know, he provides probably hundred to 120 scholarships a year at Stanford. So to, just to put that in perspective, like, you know, the, those aren't, aren't cheap uh, cheap tuitions that he's paying. Um, and he was just a, a, a real estate mogul. And so that was like the seed that was planted early on. And from then um, I've seen the power of real estate and kind of how it can, tra- can transform communities. Um, I like that it's tangible. I can go and walk and touch a building. And, you know, and, and that's, that's powerful to me. Uh, and so that's been uh, my area of focus over the last couple of years is, you know, uh, real estate investment. Uh, started my firm, Aspire Group, uh, about two years ago. And so, um, you know, we're working on a, multi- a number of projects now, uh, we have uh, a, a proposed now 75 unit project we're going to do in Compton in the next couple of years. So we're going through that process with the city and Getting architectural designs done. Talk about architecture earlier, um, uh, and so that for me is is one of those things that I can like be proud of, and I can take you know my friends and family and and people to and say, you know, we did that. We did that for the community, and now you see, you know, 75 families in there, um, you know, thriving, and so that that is very meaningful and very powerful for me, and so that's. You know a large reason why i started this company
1: as a hub city native i'm proud of you because like yeah. growing up and i mean you can attest to it growing up in compton it's not i don't want to. i don't want to give us an excuse and say that we lived in like the toughest neighborhoods in the world you know what i mean because that goes third world countries to chicago to wherever you want to call it yeah. in in the lower income areas you know you're faced with adversity But in Compton, it's like there's so much bright spots that get overshadowed by negative news. And then for you to be a success story out of there and then also come back and give back, you know, because people sometimes say, oh, I'm going to give back or I'm going to do this. And it's not only the financial, the monetizing, give back it's your time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you've done, you know, uh, philanthropy work as well in the city, but also when you think about providing households for, you know, a community, not only one house, but you know, a 75, 75 home project, you know, in that scenario, like, man, that's beautiful because you once walked those streets, you once drove those streets. You once, you know, probably had friends that lost their lives that didn't get a chance to see this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's a blessing to be to make it past 16 where we're from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't think a lot of people see it that way. Or people probably maybe breeze pie by your story because you went to Stanford or because you were a professional athlete at the time. But it's like everybody didn't make it or somebody made a sacrifice for you to make it. You know what I mean? Like those are the situations like and I think a lot of people don't 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 realize that. But man, like that's awesome to hear, man. Um, that, that's that's a wonderful venture, man, for real.
3: Appreciate it. And and that it won't stop there. I mean, we got that one, but you know, we, we got plans to do another two to three of those developments, you know, over the next couple of years. Um, we just got to perform on this one first, um, you know, but I think there's also a testament to, you know, the, the, the mayor that's in, in office now, right? She, yeah. Mary's Brown. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's young. She's energetic. She, you know, wants to see the change that I think a lot of us, you know, wanted to see in our city for a long time. So she, she's making sure that that stuff happens. And, you know, it's a testament to her and, and uh, you know, her, uh, the other politicians in the area that are actually being progressive and trying to get stuff done. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I want to get her on the podcast, man. I've been trying to get her on our podcast because I definitely respect what she's doing in, in Compton, man. And I, I like to see, you know, young people, you know, what I'm saying young black women running shit. I think it's amazing. So
1: sure. Sh- shouts to Pasadena. <laughs> i hate to say it sometimes but i'm gonna give her credit she helping the city i mean i grew up with omar bradley so it's a little different it's a little different uh hover over there man but uh, um so we have a question that we ask all our guests um and it's uh what advice would you give 18 year old josh
3: um biggest advice would be to invest in yourself earlier um and invest in yourself outside of the sports landscape so um you know it's easy to in school you're taught to regurgitate information you're not necessarily taught to apply and and kind of i guess um you know jump into other avenues and so that will be the biggest thing so um fail fail forward fail often invest in yourself um and understand that um, you know you have a incredible amount of impact that you're going to put um, in this world so embrace it and just be ready for that um, you know for the future great advice
1: thank you well Josh man thank you for joining us today man it's been a great conversation hopefully we'll have you back in the future to no talk doubt. about more of your projects and everything else man I wish you uh more success
3: appreciate it brother thanks for having me on and uh, uh, I wish you guys continued success uh, I love this this platform and um, just happy to see you guys uh, you know doing well